on. Hey, it's a whole new day. The Avengers is over, and now we're doing a story that took place before the Avengers ended. In uh, wait, what's it say? Uh, it's part of the Marvel Alterniverse. Did you see that? Was, was that ever a thing? I mean, I don't remember it being a thing. It's like an Elseworlds, like a. I think that's what they're they're suggesting. Alterniverse. But I again don't remember it. So this is the last Avengers story. That's what it says. It's, it seemed appropriate to do it after we did the last. It came out during volume one. It's uh, it's two issues. It is. It came out, the first part comes out in November of 1995. It is written by Peter David and, and uh, painted, inked, uh, right. penciled and inked. It just says art by Ariel Olivetti. Yep. These are both new to us. Let's talk about Ariel Olivetti first. Okay. Born November 15th, 1967 in Buenos Aires. He was first published in Argentina. What was that, Alex Trebek? Throwing that uh, accent in there. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is actually his first uh, U.S. work, this uh, actual comic. Okay. Explains he, a lot. He'll go on to have runs on JLA, Space Ghost, Cable, Punisher War Journal, and X-Men. Uh, he does a lot of other work, but he doesn't generally do long runs on things. Because it takes him a long time to do his artwork. Yeah. I believe it's all painted. Yeah. It's... So you and I both were saying before that while we like Ariel Olivetti, this is not his best work. Uh, yeah, I, I prefer his current art style. I mean, it's the same style, but it just... I don't know. These characters look kind of grotesque. They're all pretty ugly, yeah. Yeah. Peter David, born September 23rd, 1956 in Fort Meade, Maryland. His parents didn't approve of Marvel Comics, so he read comics in secret. His father was a movie reviewer, which may have sparked his interest in writing. Eventually, he got a job in publishing, not as a writer, uh, but worked at Marvel for five years in the sales department as assistant direct sales manager and then direct sales manager. Uh, he tried to sell some stories that he had written to uh, Jim Owsley, who is now Priest. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, he tried to sell some stories, didn't have any luck, until Jim Owsley, who is now Priest, bought one of his stories for uh, Spider-Man. And so he... Peter Davis started out writing Spider-Man and soon did The Death of Gene DeWolf, which is an amazing comic. I love those issues. He later was offered The Incredible Hulk because the sales were crap. And they're like, let's give it to Peter Davis and see <laughs> what, what happens. And uh, what happened was that it, he kicked off a 12-year run on The Hulk and kicked off basically his writing career in comics. He's written comics and novels and has worked in TV a little bit. Uh, he's done both licensed novels and novels of his own creation uh, he wrote two scripts for Babylon 5. At co in comics, he wrote Dreadstar, which I did not realize. Hmm. Uh, Justice, Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Fallen Angel, Incredible Hulk, She-Hulk, Soul Searchers and Company, Spider-Man, Spy Boy, Supergirl, Young Justice, and hmm. uh, a comic that you may have heard of mm -hmm. called X-Factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Familiar. We both love that comic. Yeah, I like a lot of Peter David's work. I am not. You do. I, 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 when I was younger... I was in love with everything he did. As I've gotten older, you know, you read enough of, of anybody's work and you start seeing the same tricks and the same phrases Patterns, and the same yeah. stuff again and again and again. That being said, I still love, like, his Young Justice, I absolutely adore. Uh, I still think the, G the Death of Gene DeWolf stands up as one of the best Spider-Man stories ever told. I love his X Factor. Yeah. He, made Mad he made Madrox a usable character, yeah. which I never thought was possible. Made him much more... Entertaining. Yeah, and interesting. And I think that uh, a lot of his novels, I, I have some of his novels, not just his his uh, 
licensed novels, mm-hmm. but also his original stuff. And you think that this story is probably at the top of his heap? No, I would not say that. <laughs> it's funny because he has written a lot of comics at Marvel and DC, but he's never really written the Avengers. And I don't know if it's because he wrote this and they're like, nope. <laughs> never mind. The Time Capsule, a mostly impregnable vault where the greatest artifacts of the heroic age are stored. It's government-run. Rick Jones is the chairman. However, a mysterious figure manages to break in. He takes nothing, but leaves a small plaque that says, The Last Avenger Story. Is that a plaque? That's a book. Oh, sorry, a book. He just leaves a book on the floor. Uh, he's clearly needlessly dramatic. Did you take a second to look at any of the stuff that's in this room? These catacombs? Oh, yeah, you've got stuff from the Punisher. And Is that the Vision's head? Where? Down in the... Yeah, I guess... Because you've got Cyclops and Wolverine's cowls, but Vision didn't have a cowl. It looks like his actual head. I like that there's different versions of Professor X's wheelchair. There's, like, the actual wheelchair, and then down lower is that, like, weird pod one that he was in when he was in the cartoon. Yep. There's some uh, Iron Man armor. There is that the Beast's skin? Where? Oh. Oh. Because there's a picture of the Beast. Oh, my God. They skinned the Beast. There's a skull over above the Punisher's... uh, shirt that i don't know and the, one of the punisher's guns oh yeah I don't that know. i don't know whose skull that is it seems like it's right there with uh everybody's helmet yeah it's, yeah they've got a helmet area there he's got the eye of agamotto there's uh silver surfers surfboards hanging up there yep and i guess that's the head of a sentinel right behind the surfboard yeah i think so that was weird two years later at the shoreham nuclear power plant current headquarters of the avengers the current <laughs> team is hanging out doing nothing Waiting for villains and their work ethic to give them something to do. Because that's the problem with heroes. They have no work ethic. So apparently what's going on in this future timeline, alternate future timeline, is that there's no bad guys anymore? Not very many. There's a bunch of heroes and they don't have anything to do. Exactly. Some of them are playing cards and an argument breaks out, but it doesn't matter because just then someone blows up the nuclear plant and all the heroes with it. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about who all those heroes were. I mean, not unless you want to. I don't even... No, most of them don't even have names. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. Our villain is watching some news reports of the passing of the Avengers, which doesn't seem to be upsetting anyone, since superheroes really aren't a thing anymore. Meanwhile, an older Dr. Pym is working on research, but he's not having much success. But this is important research, as the Wasp's physiology is breaking down. She's shrinking an inch a year, and he's trying to stop it. You mentioned that these characters look grotesque, right? Yes, they really do. I would not have known that that was Henry Pym, except right there it says, hey, Dr. Pym. Yeah. He's put on some weight, for sure. But also, everyone looks subhuman. They're interrupted by a gaggle of reporters wanting a comment on the death of the Avengers, but the Wasp chases them away. The Wasp wants to find out what happened, and then our mysterious villain, who is Ultron, Ultron like 59 or some such nonsense, shows up to taunt Dr. Pym. He says the final battle is about to happen, and Pym should gather his troops. Is he like Terminator 2? Is he like made out of like liquid metal? Can he like... He seems to be, because he kind of seems like he... he. Um, I feel like at some point in this, somebody punches him and he just like... Or he encases somebody in his own arm or something. Like, they're... I don't know. He's also wearing a trench coat, because you know, the 90s. Yes. Ultron returns to Kang's ship and reports on the meeting... Kang has a copy of the last Avenger story that we saw at the beginning of the issue, and he's sure it tells of his upcoming triumph. The two are joined by Oddball, who is a Hulk villain, and the Grim is that Reaper. Who that is? Yeah. 
I thought it was the one, uh, what are those guys, the Death Throws? Wasn't there a Death Throw called Oddball? There was, but no, this is a Hulk villain. He's from another planet, and, and the Hulk, that the Hulk destroyed or something, I don't... And what is his power? I don't know. He's not a very important character. Mm. I, it was so weird that he got used, but I... Well, I kind of, and they keep saying, like, we haven't seen him yet, but the other villain in this quartet is the Grim Reaper... And yeah. and it seems like the Grim Reaper is insistent that this oddball character has to be everywhere that he is. Yeah, so I they're like they had some sort of weird best friends, but <laughs> yeah, to the best of my knowledge, before this they've never worked together. Okay. Hank Pym and the Wasp are investigating the remains of the Shorm nuclear plant. Hank was hoping to find weapons, but there are none. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I don't mean to back off. Oh, I don't care. So it says, uh, Oddball, another of our allies, possessed of the ability to induce any psychological disorder merely through touch. So he's a big brute guy. looks like the Hulk, but he can make you have anxiety? I guess so, yeah. Mm. That's weird. I guess so, but I can kind of see how it might have been effective with the Hulk, maybe. And the Grim Reaper, by the way, is looks like he's part robot, or he's got like cybernetic stuff in the back of his head. Oh, yeah, and his scythe is... Definitely attached to his arm robotically. Uh, so he's really uh, creepy looking, honestly. Yeah, he he's it, for him the art style works. Yeah, yeah, because he should look crazy and monstrous. So Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyne checking out this this thing, and Cannibal and the Human Torch show up. We've never seen Cannibal in the Avengers before. We will see him in the future. We will. He first appears in Marvel Graphic Novel number four in September of 1982, created by Chris Claremont and Bob McCloud. He is Sam Guthrie. He is from Kentucky. Uh, his father died in the coal mines, and when his father died, he went to work in the coal mines to support his family. One day, his mutant power manifested itself, which is basically the power to blast forward. Yes. Where he is... And it becomes... Um, he be- indestructible? What's the word? Nigh invulnerable. No, nigh invulnerable. I believe is what he says like most the of the time. Yeah. Uh, he was hired... When he first got his powers, he was hired by Donald Pierce to fight other mutants. But when the new mutants defeated Pierce, Cannonball joined them instead. He basically was a new mutant for the entire run of that title, then became a member of X-Force. His entire family has been part of the X-Men. When this issue was published, he had just left uh, X-Force to join the X-Men. His sister becomes part of the X-Men, his brother... Do you know her name? Uh, Husk. Do you know her real name? Paige. Very good. Mm -hmm. I don't remember his other brother's name. Icarus, right? Doesn't he have a son, a brother named Icarus? I mean, I'm assuming his name is Arlo, because they are the Guthries. But I don't know really for sure. (laughs) Was their dad Woody? (laughs) I think so, yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, the Wasp is remembering the Great Cataclysm, a mysterious event where Thor, Hercules, Hulk, and the Thing went to fight the gods. For two months, horrible weather buffeted the Earth, except for Paris. (laughs) Why did they mention that? (laughs) I don't know, but I find it very amusing. Never comes back to it. And then the Grey Hulk crashed back to Earth. Holding uh, Hercules's mace. Yes. The Wasp's memory is interrupted by Bombshell, who claimed to be Hercules' daughter, and Hotshot, the son of the Black Knight. Weird. Yeah, he seems pretty useless. Plus, he just has guns. Why is that the son of the Black Knight? Right? At Washington Square, a madman with a gun is sniping people. Uh, the She-Hulk and Wyatt Wingfoot's daughter, Jesse Wingfoot, is a member of the SWAT team and takes out the sniper by destroying the arch he was sniping from. <laughs> she is the SWAT team. Right. Then Hank Pym shows up, gets kissed, and recruits her. Yeah, that was weird. Was that implying that they have something? I don't think that so. that wasn't a, like a friendly kiss. That was like a full mouth. I get the impression that, that, that She-Hulk, you know, was... Just pretty forward. Yes, and I get the impression that she is too. Hmm. Pim and Jesse then go to recruit Mockingbird and Hawkeye. 
Mockingbird is bitter, Hawkeye is blind, and spouting conspiracy theories about Captain America. We learn that Wyatt Wingfoot is dead, and the She-Hulk and Invisible Woman are in space, and Mr. Fantastic's body is now silly putty as he watches over a Doctor Doom with dementia. Yeah. There's a lot packed in there. Really is. For a two-issue story, you'd think, why are you doing all of this? A two-issue story that is, uh, both issues are bigger than normal, so he has the space, I guess, but he really makes use of, he he tells this stuff very succinctly. We then find out that 18 years ago, an Avengers team went up against Ultron, but during the fight, the Hulk switched sides and betrayed the Avengers, uh, because apparently his trip to Asgard and whatever happened there turned him evil. He killed Tigra, Mockingbird knocked out Hawkeye and dragged him away, uh, and then... <laughs> he didn't just kill Tigra. <laughs> yeah, he ripped her in half. He, yeah. And then uh, the Hulk cracked Wonder Man's skin, and the resultant explosion killed them both and blinded Hawkeye when he looked at it. Yep, a lot happened there. Pym and Wingfoot leave, and Pym remembers when the government had convinced the heroes to go on a villain hunt, and then had executed all the villains that the heroes caught. Pym remembers talking to Captain America about it, and then Cap ran for president and was assassinated. And that's the end of the first issue. That is a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, most of it is basically just table setting. Yeah, so he's going around recruiting people. Yes, to fight this new, I guess we'll call them Masters of Evil. I don't think they actually ever called them the Masters of Evil, but that's basically what they are. Ultron's like, hey man... You can try and fight me now or get all these weirdo people together and fight me then. And and that gives us an opportunity to check in on where a lot of the members of the Avengers are. Not all of them. We still... Yeah, where's Hellcat? <laughs> Can't believe they didn't talk about her. All right. Issue number two of The Last Avengers Story came out in December of 1995. It is, again, written by Peter David with art by Ariel Olivetti. And we start in the Himalayas, where the Grim Reaper talks to his brother, who is Doctor Strange's disciple. Did you figure out already who these two were? I I figured out who Doctor Strange's disciple was, but I could not put together. I thought he was being metaphorical when he was saying my brother, because it didn't make any sense to me. Uh, so the brother doesn't want to fight. The, the disciple doesn't want to fight, but the Reaper pushes him. After they stop talking, he talks to Doctor Strange about his quandary. Meanwhile, Dr. Pym and Jesse are flying in a plane, and she's asking if other heroes are available. <laughs> they are not. They call uh, Peter Parker. I'm too old. Yeah, Spider-Man's like, no, thank you. And Peter Parker has a son, which is unusual. Named Ben. In most uh, other versions, of course, he has a daughter named May. Yeah. Or at least a daughter, not a son. Johnny Storm is trying to recruit his daughter, Marissa, who is a sculptor. They don't get along well. She sculpts with flames. Yes, she can create solid objects from flames. So he had a child that inherited his powers. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because he got his powers through an accident. Yeah, but it, it the accident altered his DNA, so mm. it's possible he could pass those yeah. on. There is a little joke with Spider-Man and his son. His son wants to go to a science exhibit uh, that day. About radiation. About radiation. Peter Parker's like, <laughs> choking on his coffee. Like, no, no, no. no. Anywho, Pim and Jesse are hanging out in a strip mall? I couldn't tell. That's what it looked like to me. Where are we? Which page are we on? This is page Oh, yeah, it's a 11. Ho- it's a hotel. Oh, it's a hotel. Yeah. They're hanging out in a, I would say more of a motel. Yeah, definitely a motel. And Jesse goes to take a shower. The kid from the beginning of the issue, the Doctor Strange disciple, whose name is Tommy, shows up in the shower. He explains... (laughs) Of course. As you do. He explains that he's there to help them find Vision, and then Grim Reaper shows up as a hologram and tells them where to go for the final battle. 
So this is where we find out that Tommy uh, is one of Vision of the Scholar Witch's twin sons. So he's Wiccan. That's Billy. Tommy's a speedster. But Tommy's the magic guy in this one. Doesn't make any sense. No. Well, I that's mean, why. Like, yeah. I mean, I figured out that Tommy was one of the twins, but it doesn't make sense character-wise. I agree. And then that their dad went crazy after Wanda was killed, and he's just like a giant version of himself floating yeah. above the city. The vision is this huge. <laughs> he's like skyscraper tall. He's been immaterial for a decade. Yeah. And Tommy tries to convince him to help them, but he doesn't seem to even really react with them. No. And then we have a, a flashback story telling what happened. Not yet. Well, sort of. It partial. Quicksilver's there. Yes, but we don't really find out for sure. And we yet. know that Wanda's dead. Yes. Uh, we go to a restaurant where Pim's team is hanging out. Uh, Hank is wishing Cap was around. At the Bartons, a mysterious phone call is received. Later, Ultron meets Dr. Pym in a park, and they chat. Oh, wait. I wanted, There was a mistake here. Uh-huh. I was going to bring that up. So, um... You bring Ma- up a mistake? Mockingbird answers the phone. Uh-huh. Says, Barton residents, talk to me. And then she's like, what? And she puts the phone down and says, Cliff. Cliff. His name's not Cliff. She's been watching a lot of Cheers reruns. <laughs> Cliff Barton. Uh, okay, so everyone meets in Greenwich Village for the final fight. Hank wants to run. He's like, let's go. I'm not going to do this fight. And he tries to convince Jan that they should run, but she refuses. The fight begins. Hotshot is killed pretty quickly. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> uh, Bombshell loses a leg. Jesse is killed. Cannonball is killed. And then the ground erupts in Ultrons. Ultrons everywhere. Oddball captures the Wasp, uh, who Pym shrinks. And then he gets stepped on by Ultron. Oddball does. Uh, Mockingbird and Hawkeye show up then to help the heroes. Uh, Kang hits Pym in the back and Ultron flips out, admitting that he put the book in the time capsule for Kang to find, and then the Wasp kills Kang. This is the problem with Elseworlds stories and with what-ifs. It's just an excuse for a mass slaughter. Yeah, there's, there's no rhyme or reason here. It doesn't matter because none of this matters, so we'll kill as many people as we want to. Which also bugs me that we spent that whole first issue introducing all these characters, and you're like, oh, what interesting things are going to do with these? Oh, no, they're all dead. Yeah. Uh, Ultron absorbs all of his duplicates, causing him to grow taller. Then the Vision arrives, and after flashbacking, he confronts Ultron. Here's where we find out what happens. So what happened was that Quicksilver and Vision were arguing. At the wedding. At, at, the, at whose wedding? I don't know. Was that a wedding? It was uh, Hank and Jan's wedding. That's right. So they got remarried. I guess. Bad idea. So they got remarried. You know how much I love the idea of these two getting back together romantically. And at the wedding, Quicksilver and Vision begin to fight. Who knows why? Probably because Quicksilver's an asshole. And then Quicksilver gets a running start because he's going to run at Vision, who can turn into, like, diamond hard... I don't understand what this fight's going to be. And then the last second, Vision goes intangible, and Quicksilver runs through him and blasts him and, like, explodes Wanda. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He explodes his own sister. Yeah. So we're finding out that all of this was Ultron's... All of this was Ultron's plan so that he could fight and kill his father. Which he doesn't get to do. No. Uh, Ultron absorbs all his duplicates duplicates, and grows taller. Then the Vision arrives and he confronts Ultron and he partially phases into Ultron and they both die. Fight over. And we find out that the Grim Reaper is actually the other twin, the other of the Vision and the Scholar, which is twins. Here's the rest of the uh, flashback. Here we go, yeah. Surprised they don't show it. 
They just show Vision covered in blood. Yeah, I, I guess that Wanda had tried to hex Quicksilver so he would go another way, but... But he was already going another way. He was already going to avoid it, so the hex ended up putting him back on course. Yeah, and so he hit her anyway, and then he goes crazy and basically runs into a wall and snaps his neck. Hmm. But I don't know that we ever find out why the other twin is the Grim Reaper. What happened to him that he's so... No, we do not. So, fight over. So at the end, who's left here? Pym, the Wasp. No, Pym's dead. Did they kill Pym? Yeah. I know he got shot, but did he actually die? Oh, I assumed he did. Yeah, his his name's on this tombstone. There's plaque thing that she's got her hand on. So it's just the Wasp? It says Jesse Just the Wasp and Tommy? Who's that that looks like Morpheus? Who's that that she's standing with? He's like bald and has glasses on. Is that, oh, that's Hawkeye. Oh, it is Hawkeye. So it's just Hawkeye, Mockingbird, Haw- and Wasp? Hawkeye had my, my favorite part in this. When he was up on a cliff and he shot arrows, and then he fell off the cliff, and I forget who caught him. It doesn't matter. And as he's coming down, uh, Mockingbird was like, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I can see now. And she's like, really? He goes, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, so they're at the monument constructed after this battle with all the names of all the people that died. And he's like, Hawkeye says something to her about Captain America. He's like, oh, there's somebody better than us watching over us. He said, he called me right before yeah. the battle. And she's like, oh, what? And he's like, him. He called me. That's why I came. And then we find out that Captain America is indeed alive, just tied, tied up, just um, hooked up to a bunch of machines. Maybe. Looks like he's just sitting in a bed <laughs> with a bunch of machines around him. <laughs> and that's it. That's the last Avenger story. So is he the one that wrote the book? I don't understand. That's no, what no, I understand. No. no, Ultron wrote the book. Or he was there recording all the stuff that was happening because then he says to save it. Yes. Okay. No, yeah. Ultron wrote the book because he wanted to trick but Kang. But he stuck it in there and made Kang think that he wrote it. He, because Kang gets so confused with all going back in time and forward and back in time and forward that he forgot that he didn't. I don't know it. that Kang knew who wrote it. He just was or he like, knew there was there's a, part a book that he was going to win. Exactly. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So the whole thing was just, which I'm like, I don't think he needed to go that much trouble, Ultron. I'm pretty sure if you just gone to Kang and been like, let's fight the Avengers, he'd have been like, okay. Like, I don't think you needed to make him know he was. Uh, but, what's the plan? Yep, let's do that. But I guess that's how you get the. I guess that's how you get the title of this. Of this, these two issues, or maybe you get it because it is the last Avengers story because everybody's dead. I'm still not sure how everybody got involved. Like, where did the Grim Reaper come from? Did he recruit somebody? He recruited Oddball. But then how did they get the... How did Reaper? how did he get... Yes, did Kang recruit the Grim Reaper? Did Ultron recruit the Grim Reaper? Yeah. Because Ultron goes back and reports to Kang, but then like Grim Reaper and Oddball are already there with Kang. Did the Grim Reaper answer a personal ad? Did how, he say, can I bring my weird friend? How did these <laughs> How did these four people get together? It's also a very small group of villains, which it doesn't, I guess, need to be any bigger since they managed to kill almost all of the heroes arrayed against them. I mean, Kang and Ultron by themselves could do some damage. That's true. It's it's just, I don't know, it's just, I remember liking it more than I've read it this time, and I'm like... Because you probably thought it was cool that, the, oh, it's, I mean, it gets me to every time I see some alternate universe, I'm like, oh, that's a different version of Hawkeye, what's cool about him in this universe? Like, And I was younger then. And it's like, oh, this is somebody's son, or this is somebody's daughter, these two people got married and had this kid, and you're like, oh, that's crazy. And I feel like Peter David writes a good Hawkeye, which it's kind of surprising he's never wrote Hawkeye more, because Hawkeye seems like a Peter David character, because he can wisecrack. Yeah, yeah. That's why Peter David was so good with Spider-Man. He can do serious. That's why he can do Madrox, too, because he can make a bunch of different personalities for him. (laughs) One could be a dick, and one could be, like, dumb. Because that's the thing with with Peter David, is he can do uh, serious stuff, but he also obviously has a, usually has a light touch. But anyway, this is, 
the last Avengers story. Sadly, uh, next week will be our... Well, I don't know if it's sad. It's sad because we're finishing Volume 1 for Shorzy's. Mm. But next week will be our uh, retrospect. We'll talk about the first volume of The Avengers. It covers like 500-some issues. Mm. We're going to go through every single one again. It's another half-hour show. Yeah. Yeah, it might be a little bit longer. Oh, we have to do work. You got to tell me what I got to do. I got to make lists and stuff. What do you mean, we? Hmm. When do you do work? I know you have to tell me what I have to do 20 minutes before I get here. Yes. You'll be making them in the car. (laughs) I still have that little hand recorder from when we used to do our early episodes. I could just do that. That's about all it's good for. You'll barely be able to hear it. I'll hold it up to the microphone. List idea. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Why do we still have any of those issues on the feed? Or episodes. I really didn't take those episodes off the feed. But they're so funny. That's the... Man, those Stan Lee issues. We can't can't get rid of those well we'll be talking about them again next week yay uh is that it you have anything else to say about this no all right let's go uh thanks for listening everybody if you want to get in touch with us our email address is avenginghour at gmail.com and you can find us on instagram at the avenging hour see you next week gmail.com and you can find us on instagram at the avenging hour see you next week